1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where are the wise? Where are the scholars? Where are the philosophers of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand miraculous signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now we stand together for the reading of the Gospel, which is from Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 14, page 1012. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. So we hear of the calling of the first disciples of fishermen. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men and women. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And so, Lord, we come to you this morning grateful for your work in our lives, for the simplicity of your call. And we pray, Lord God, that we might rejoice in that simplicity and live it out in our daily work and being. Amen. How many here have done the Alpha course? Hands up. Quite a number. Quite a number. I love Alpha. And we're in the middle of an Alpha course at the moment. I've been leading Alpha courses for nearly 20 years and never tire of doing so. And uh, the teaching pattern of our series on the youth camps at Hazelmere uh, basically follow the sort of Alpha uh, topics. Although we got there first. Why do I love Alpha? I love Alpha because it's simple. Maybe that says something about me. Simple concepts, food, people, and gospel truth. I love Alpha because of a simple message, unpacking the basics of Christian belief and its implications for daily living. Most of all, I love Alpha because it changes lives. 
And thousands upon thousands of people in this country, many thousands more across the world, have come to know Jesus or grown in faith through attending an Alpha course. We've been doing the Alpha course here for many, many years. The Youth Alpha course has been used with our young people in various settings as well, and lives have been changed. Isaac Newton once said, Truth is ever to be found in simplicity and not in the multiplicity and confusion of things. There's plenty around us at the moment to confuse us. But ultimately, we have a simple gospel, simple good news of Jesus. If we were to um, sort of run it down to its simplest elements, we've got the idea of God as creator, the perfect creation, our rebellion, Jesus rescuing us, God's rescue plan, us being set free to live fulfilled lives. That message to many is, uh, is foolishness. Paul wrote in his letter to the Corinthians about the foolishness of the message of the cross. And yet he says, for those who are being saved, it is the power of God. I was really struck by aspects of the simplicity of our gospel reading. The simplicity of the story it's true in all of the Gospels as we read of the calling of those first disciples. It's presented in a very matter-of-fact way. Jesus wanders along, sees these guys fishing, calls them out, and they follow him. I'm struck by the simplicity of Jesus' message. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe the good news. We can spend endless hours debating the Trinity or ethical issues, science and religion, and of course we need to grapple with these things. But sometimes it's good for us just to go back to basics, to remind ourselves of why we first chose or were prompted to follow Christ. The simple message of Jesus' call to turn around and trust. Reminded of the way in which adult believers were prepared for baptism in the days of the early church. In the lead up to Easter, they'd spend many weeks learning of the basics of, of faith. And then as part of their uh, Christian initiation, part of the liturgy, they would physically turn from facing east, where the sun sets, to the west, where the sun rises. A simple act of turning from darkness to light. In confession, we do that, don't we? We're turning from what we know to be wrong to what we know to be right, the purveyor of light and truth and goodness. When we respond to Christ, we do that. We turn, we repent. And then we choose to believe. We might want to debate how much it's our choice and how much God leads, but we put our trust in the one who created us, redeems us, and empowers us. It's a simple message. And in the Gospel, we see the simplicity of the response. Simon and Andrew, James and John, they get up, they leave their nets, and they follow him. We don't get the full extent of the encounter. It's a summary rather than a detailed account. But ultimately, these four humble fishermen hear the call and respond. They give up everything to follow Jesus and set out on the most incredible adventure 
And they've done nothing at all to deserve God's favour, to merit Jesus' call. There's nothing special about them. But God, in his grace, calls them through his Son, and they follow. That message of grace. We'll be thinking about that a little bit this Sunday and over the next week. We've got uh, several infant baptisms on Sunday morning, including um, Reuben uh, Watson, Aidan and Kathy's little boy. We'll be thinking about the mystery of grace as God calls and we respond. At essence, in its essence, faith is a simple response. Chatting to someone uh, earlier this week and uh, they were telling me about their son who's about five or six years old. And he was watching people um, receiving the bread and the wine at communion. And uh, he said, well, what? Can, I, can I have the bread as well? And his dad said to him, well, it's part of it. It's something for those people who you know, believe and trust in Jesus. And so he thought about it. The little boy thought about it for a little bit. And then he came back and said, well, well, I want that then. And so his dad said, well, he explained a little bit more. And then said, well, go away and think about it a little bit more. And we'll chat again in a few days' time. And so the little boy came back to him in a few days' time and said, yeah. I want to be a Christian. And okay, it's in its very simplicity, a very simple response. But a response nonetheless. A desire to be part of God's family. As I've said, those of us who've been Christians for years with the complexity of life, maybe some deep questions of ethics or faith, it's good just to go back to the basics. To be reminded of Jesus' simple call. What was it that first drew us to Christ? And where are we called to exercise that simple trust today? John Greenleaf Whittier was uh, an American Quaker and he wrote uh, a long poem which was ultimately challenging drug use and ecstatic experiences. But several of the stanzas of that poem were, were lifted and set up as a hymn. Which is pretty ironic because Whittier, being a Quaker, was, wasn't a big fan of him singing. He preferred silence and simplicity. But he agreed that these stanzas could be used, set to music, as a hymn. And that hymn is a, a real classic. We sung it on Sunday at the church centre at Quakers Road. Played it just before the service. And in a few moments we're going to hear it again. It draws on the image in one of the verses, one of the stanzas of the fisherman who heard the voice of Jesus and responded in simple trust to rise up and follow him and we're called to that similar response day by day dear Lord and Father of mankind forgive our foolish ways so let's just be still for a few moments let's reflect on what it's meant for us to take simple steps of following Jesus and if that's something in the complexity of life we haven't yet done, let's come to him and hear his call to repent and believe the good news. So a few moments of silence and then we'll listen again to King's College Cambridge Choir singing Dear Lord and Father.